0: Uh, This is your host, Herb Cohen, with my co-host, Les Smolin Vistage, William Tidwell Cressa, Darren Tully Freedom Bank, uh, Chelsea Schott from Cressa, and Mark Haas. And we have a great lineup of guests for you on our show today. Mr. Les Smolin, will you please give us the rundown?
2: Sure. We have Michelle Bolos, CEO of NT Concepts, Dr. Bill Vantine, President and CEO of Systems Planning and Analysis, Edwin Miller, Founder and CEO of Nine Lenses, and Carol Stobbe, President, Red Team Consulting.
0: Excellent. Let's get to know our first guest, Michelle Bola, CEO of NT Concepts. Michelle, what is NT Concepts? What are you guys doing?
3: NT Concepts is a government contractor who specializes in uh, investigative services and the intel solutions.
0: Hmm. How large or how small is this organization?
3: We're just shy of a thousand people now.
0: Uh huh. And how did you get a job with this company?
3: I founded it back in nineteen
0: ninety-eight. Uh, wait a minute. This is a thousand people. Uh, how did you get a job with it?
3: <laughs> I founded it.
0: You you started this business? Yes, sir. Uh-huh. And, uh <clears> huh. <throat> and do you mind telling us how old you were when you started this business?
3: I had just turned thirty when I started it.
0: You you had just turned thirty when mm-hmm. you started this business. Mm-hmm. Where you from originally?
3: Well, I I was born in Florida, grew <coughs> up in Northern Virginia, mm-hmm. moved away for a bit, and then came back to Northern uh-huh. Virginia. Uh
0: huh. How many brothers and sisters?
3: I have two older brothers and a younger sister.
0: Uh huh. What was the effect of growing up with two older brothers and a younger sister? What was the effect on you?
3: Well, having two older brothers, I was a tomboy, so Mm -hmm. I played a lot of sports, although being the first girl, mom wanted to dress me up in dresses, so Uh I went and played sports in dresses.
0: Uh Mm Uh-huh. And and do you have the personality of the middle child?
3: No, definitely not. What do you you mean? I I have, uh, and maybe it's because I'm the first girl, but I definitely have the personality of an older child.
0: Mm -hmm. How young were you when you started making money?
3: Um, I was pretty young, probably around 11 years old when mm-hmm. I started babysitting.
0: Babysitting. Whose idea was
3: it? No, It was my idea to go uh-huh.
0: babysit. Well, what, 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 did you do, what did you do different than all the other babysitters?
3: Um, well, I went out and, and solicited myself to people mm-hmm. that I was available for babysitting. So I'm not sure a lot of kids out there wanted to do it, mm-hmm. um, but I went around to all my neighbors and marketed myself.
0: And Why'd you do that?
3: Because I wanted to make money.
0: Uh-huh. You told me earlier you wanted to be independent.
3: Yeah. I. I uh, you know, any sort of whenever you're marketing yourself and anytime mm-hmm. you want to make money, mm-hmm. you're making money to become independent.
0: Uh-huh. And um, you know, tell us about uh, <clears throat> what was going on 18, 19 years old when uh, you were going to school and uh, <clears throat> about an apartment building or so.
3: Yeah, so when I was um, 18 years old, I was a uh, freshman in college, and I had seen, um, I had moved off of campus later that year, saw uh, an opportunity um, to make money by buying a, a, an apartment building. Wait
0: wait, wait. wait, wait. Um, so you're going away to college.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, why are you looking at apartment buildings?
3: Because I wanted to raise money for my tuition.
0: Uh Okay, so you thought the way to raise money was to buy an apartment building?
3: Well, I was, when I moved off of campus and went and lived um, uh, in an apartment, I actually was hired by the woman who owned that building to manage her apartments. And I started doing the math and realized that maybe I could do this as well. Well, wait, okay,
0: wait a second. So here you are, a college student, you're supposed to be focusing on your studies and you went ahead and bought an apartment building. Where'd the money come from?
3: Well, I had saved $3,000 during the summer, um, or just over time. And I had to go borrow the other $3,000 and and a signature from my father.
0: So how'd your father feel about uh, when you discussed with him about that? I'd like to buy an apartment building.
3: Well, luckily my father had owned a lot of uh, condos and Mm -hmm. so he was fully supportive of the idea of, um, uh, of teaching me about real estate and having me go and purchase it.
0: So you felt comfortable learning from your father as opposed to pushing him away or thinking he was a nutcase or something. You really respected your father. Yeah. You wanted to learn from him.
3: Yeah, my father has always been um, an inspiration, mentor, friend to me. And he didn't you know, push me, he taught me. Uh, And then he encouraged me. He taught me what a mortgage was and and a a little bit about the money. Mm -hmm. And then he encouraged me, well, you have to go out and look.
0: Got you. Liz?
3: I'm just wondering,
2: did he help pay the bills too, or was that basically on your shoulders? Oh,
3: no. That was all on me. Mm -hmm. So if I didn't make money, then I couldn't pay the tuition. So I had to learn very quickly what a profit Mm -hmm. loss statement was.
4: William? What did uh, mom bring to the process?
3: Um, I, I always joke mom was my, um, sh- she She supported my father and his ideas, but um, her stubbornness is something that I inherited. Well,
0: it's also called persistence, you yes. know, keep keeps to it this. <laughs> <Who's> <laughs> Pers- got,
3: Persistence is a good way uh, to
0: Who's it? got the next question here? Yeah, go back to your dad again. So what is it that
2: you took from your dad that you apply now in running this business? Yeah.
3: My father instilled integrity and hard work. What do you and, mean? Well, he my dad was an extremely hard worker but he was also um a very honest worker and always felt what comes around goes around he also um had a huge hand in giving back wait
0: a minute, wait wait, wait, wait. What, what, what did your dad do for a living
3: my father um when he
0: retired what was he doing he, right he
3: retired as a uh as head of contracting for the navy when
0: was this what what what, what, what Decade or what time frame?
3: I was in college at the time. Yeah. Um, so probably in the early '90s.
0: Wasn't there a lot of problems at that point in time?
3: Yes. Um, contracting uh, was um, had a, a lot of volatility in the integrity portion. So
0: your of it. father, uh, in spite of that, told you about integrity. Uh-huh. No,
3: no, he showed me what integrity was.
0: What do you mean? What are you talking about?
3: Well, back then, believe it or not, um, four, uh, there were four head of contracting in the Navy, and three of them got escorted out.
0: Wow. So it became very clear to you that what goes around comes around.
3: Yes. How do you
0: apply that to the business nowadays?
3: I have, um, there's a lot of things that we do in business that, could be scrupulous uh-huh. um, when it comes to making money you mm-hmm. make a lot of decisions that um, could benefit you mm-hmm. um, or um, and not and your integrity is completely on the so line. so you're
0: telling me you've built a thousand person firm and one of the key lessons that you bring with every day is the integrity that your father taught you way back when
3: absolutely Um,
0: That's interesting to hear. I mean, I read the newspapers. I never hear about this stuff, but I'm glad you're telling me about it. I wouldn't have known otherwise.
3: There are a lot of companies that run their company this way. The ones you hear about in the news are not those companies.
0: Excellent. That's what I needed to hear. Who's got the next question? So I'm, I'm
2: wondering, how does a person who thinks money is a way for independence and then creates a company of a thousand people and you can't be independent anymore?
3: Well, so it's important to note how we grew so quickly. Um, we grew because um, we were a 160-person company. We grew to 1,000 because OPM trusted our company to sole source uh, a very large contract to us. They were in trouble with their last contractor, USIS. So mm-hmm. they, and, and really, at the end of the day, when I asked them, why would you do that, they said, because they trusted us.
0: Wow. It's relationships. It's people.
3: Trust and you, you didn't
2: hesitate to jump into that space as a result, knowing that there would be so much visibility on that
3: uh, we jumped into a fire and uh it was not something that you um you can't say no to helping national security but um be careful what you say yes to
0: mm-hmm. so when you were a kid and you had that babysitting gig what'd you do with the money
3: i saved it i i'm again dad showed by example um, and I still instill this to my children today you have mm-hmm. a, a save spend um, give grow 4 mm-hmm. four different aspects to your mm-hmm. money mm-hmm. and I have been practicing that since I started mm-hmm. making money and um, and I'm gonna hopefully pass that on so to my you have kids. kids
0: what's the similarity between being the mom and also being the CEO of NT concepts a thousand person firm the similarity
3: what I will say is um, sometimes you have to be all the time you have to be a calming factor so if there's a lot of things going on and a lot of stress you have to calm everybody down is this, regardless is this at
0: home or is this at work both
3: you both. see
0: a real similarity there so your role similar
3: yes huh how about
0: that you refer to that as the older child
2: syndrome is that what you're uh you're describing here
3: well, I don't know if it's necessarily the older child syndrome. Um, the older child syndrome to me is more of that um, leader, say it like it is um, uh, type of personality. But I think in times of adversity or um, you you have to, and you're leading and mm-hmm. a lot of eyes are on you, you have to calm everybody down. So um, if you're the one with your hair on fire, guess what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so William,
0: you have a question there? Yes.
5: What's your favorite part of what you
4: do today?
0: Yeah.
3: Wow, that's a really good question. Um, I do enjoy um, getting um, response back from my employees that a company can really be run this way. Uh, the, the Especially the staff that I inherited, they were not treated very well in their company. And in a services company, you have to uh, treat your people right; they're the ones doing the service work. So, I love when I get to talk with um, um, everybody, all my staff, and get feedback from you,
0: them. You really enjoy it, but why? W- why would you want the feedback? You're the boss; just tell them what to do.
3: No, it doesn't work that way. Um, oh. I am I, a firm well. believer that. Um, I y- you if you're the smartest person in the room then you will never grow you always have something to learn from other people regardless if it's the receptionist or if it's your uh, senior should vice you president should you be saying
0: this i mean you you built a thousand person firm should you be admitting that on the air
3: yeah absolutely because i think if more people ran their company this way they would grow faster huh. they well, would what, have more dedicated people
0: what's the website address for this organization known as nt concepts it's nt ntconcepts.com dot com, and 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 um, let me ask you a question. Did you have mentors when you were, when you were growing up in this business? Yeah, I
3: absolutely do. Um, of course, my father was my first mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, but any time I needed nice. any sort of advice, I would go out and reach out. And mm-hmm. people are always willing to help.
0: And you've been speaking with Michelle Bolas, who's the CEO of NT Constance here on Executive Leaders Radio. We'll be back in a moment right after this business spotlight.
6: Ro-Van- and your name so- is? Mm-hmm. Rovan Zoa.
0: And Rowan, what organization are you with?
6: Holmes, Lowry, Horn & Johnson.
0: And what what do you guys do? What kind of business is that?
6: We're a public accounting firm. Mm -hmm. Um, We uh, do taxes and audits. We're a full service, so we do consulting as well.
0: And what's your role in the firm?
6: I am a senior manager.
0: Senior manager. So what's a senior manager at Holmes, Lowry, Horn Johnson supposed to do?
6: Well, we run the jobs Mm -hmm. um, from beginning till end, and Mm -hmm. we've got staff that we have to supervise, and we also um, work with the clients um, to help them answer any of their questions
0: What's the best part of your job? What do you enjoy the
6: most? I would say the client interaction. And um, sometimes you got to put on that psychology hat uh-huh. and um, help them with their problems um, and, just, uh-huh. and helping them.
0: So you're dealing with the clients. You're trying to get a sense of what the clients really need and then coordinate the staff to make sure that the work gets done. Yes. You're like the ultimate project manager. Yes. And then, I guess, as the work's getting done, there's other questions and other issues that come up. so you're like deeply involved between the client and the staff and making sure that it, it, with this kind of finding we've got to do it this way.
6: Yes, there's also research involved um, that you've, you've got to you know find out what the right thing to do is, and it's always it's important to always do the right thing. There's an efficient way, but you want to do the right thing. so
0: you're so like you like juggling a thousand and one different details all at the same time as well as people
6: yes. Huh. There's a lot of multitasking.
0: A lot of multitasking. And is your job nine to five?
6: Actually, um, I am, we've got a flex time, and so I am actually mm-hmm. part-time. And so, um, I
0: Interesting. So they're able to structure the job so that you're part-time and still able to be effective for both the clients as, w- as well as helping the staff know what they need to get done by when. Yes. What's the website address of this organization?
6: HLHJ.com.
0: HLHJ.com, and we've been speaking with...
6: Ravan Soa.
0: And your name, and again, the the organization is...
6: Holmes, Lowry, Horn, and Johnson. And
0: this has been your Business Spotlight.
1: And your name is... My name is Todd Popham. And what's the name
0: of the organization, Todd?
1: Popham and Associates. What
0: makes Popham and Associates special?
1: We are a professional services firm that do three things. Mm -hmm. We do executive coaching, Mm -hmm. leadership training, and small business consulting. Mm -hmm. We like to say that we're client-focused, and really what we want to do is help our leaders learn, Mm -hmm. change, Mm -hmm. and excel. So why why do your clients like you? I think they like us, and it's measured on the referrals we get for our business. We don't advertise. We Mm -hmm. uh, get our referrals from current clients, Mm -hmm. and we build relationships based on trust, really Mm -hmm. featuring two things. Mm -hmm. Credibility, Mm -hmm. what we know, Mm -hmm. and reliability, keeping Mm -hmm. our promises. So do do
0: clients refer you to
1: other clients? Yes, that Mm -hmm. is that is our business engine.
0: Uh-huh. So give us an example of how you've been able to help a client without divulging too many details.
1: Well, as coaches, we certainly don't want to divulge the details, but essentially we take our clients through five steps, mm-hmm. learning
0: mm-hmm.
1: and mm-hmm. aspiring, mm-hmm. finding out what they where they mm-hmm. want to be. Mm-hmm. The third step is very important. That is accepting.
0: Mm-hmm. What
1: you aspire to mm-hmm. is probably not where you are. Mm-hmm. Designing and mm-hmm. then finally sustaining because- at the end of the day, we want to sustain mm-hmm. change in behavior to increase their performance. That's interesting.
0: How long have you been doing this for? been doing this for four years. For four years. And what, what do you enjoy about your job?
1: What I love about my job is I help people change. Mm-hmm. I was an athletic coach for 25 years, mm-hmm. and seeing young people go from A to B has always been inspiring to me. Today, I'm lucky enough to do that in the workplace.
0: So you're doing that with people that are running their own businesses, or are you also doing it with
1: team members as well? We really go from CEOs right down to folks who are high potential, who aspires. What's the website address? PophamAssociates.com. Let me have that one more time. PophamAssociates.com.
0: Excellent. And this has been your Business Spotlight. We're back. You're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Kahn, with my co-host, Les Mullen Vistage, William Tidwell, Cressa, Darren Tully, Freedom Bank, uh, Chelsea Schott, Cressa, and Mark Haas. We'd like to introduce... Dr. William Van Tien, President and CEO of Systems Planning and Analysis. Dr. Van Tien, what is Systems Planning and
7: Analysis? What do you guys do? Systems Planning and Analysis is a firm that for 44 years mm-hmm. has been providing. Mm-hmm. Uh, analytical services that impact uh, national security mm-hmm. decisions.
0: All right, and how large or how small is this organization?
7: It's about 100 million, 500 consultants.
0: All right, and how old is the organization?
7: 44 years. Herb.
0: 44 years, and how long have you been with the organization?
7: I've been with the organization one year.
0: One year. I understand you've been brought in before in order to take businesses the next step. Is that true?
7: Yes, this is my third company where I've come in after the founder.
0: Interesting. Where are you from originally?
7: I'm from Scranton, Pennsylvania.
0: And how many brothers and sisters?
7: I have two brothers and one sister.
0: And where are you in the pecking order? I'm the eldest. And what did that do to you, being the oldest of four?
7: It, uh, I think it helped me to be responsible, mm. and, uh, and it was great. I loved it. How,
0: how young were you when you started making
7: money? I was in third grade. Doing what? I uh, had this fantastic idea to uh, sell flowers. So we went out in the woods and uh, cut down uh, flowers, and then we figured it was easier if we just cut down the trees. So we started cutting down these trees. We brought all these beautiful flowers home. We set up something in front of the house, a stand, and we started selling. Until my grandfather came home, and uh, started g- going nuts, and then Why? he told us it was poison oak <laughs> that we were selling. <laughs> <laughs> so we were selling. So we were selling poison oak, which we then uh, quickly just threw away. <laughs>
0: and uh, what did mom and dad do for a living?
7: Both my parents were teachers.
0: Teachers. And uh, wh- wh- what did they teach? What grades were they teaching?
7: My Both my parents taught high school.
0: High school. And uh,
7: did you ever have either of your parents as a teacher? I did. I had my mother.
0: Uh huh. Tell us a little bit about your experience with your mother as a teacher.
7: She turned me in for skipping.
0: Your mother uh, turned you in for skipping? She sure did. Why,
7: she why did. would she do that? She was teaching me that not to play favorites, uh, that she would treat everybody the exact same and that I was no different than any other child in her classroom. How did you feel about that? At the time, I didn't like it, but in retrospect, I thought it was a fantastic lesson.
0: So your mother taught you that she was going to teach, she was going to treat all the kids equally, and in fact, her son, who uh, didn't show up for class one day, she turned you in, huh? Yes, she did. All right. So, how, how's that affected your leadership style nowadays? Uh, more, more, you know, in, in terms of building these businesses. Because evidently, you know something about leadership. You've been called in three times to take the business the next step. What did that lesson teach you that you use every day now?
7: It, it taught me the uh, the importance of people, and also, you know, the importance of. Respecting everybody and Mm -hmm. treating everybody with great respect and to not play favorites and not to also with your children and that sort of thing to uh, Mm -hmm. To to help them through that to
0: Mm -hmm. Did you also tell me that? um, There was something about your dad where he was the super he ended up being the superintendent of schools and You know he was in a really respectable position, and I'm sure that you were aware of that position and Tell me a little bit about uh, you know how that respect affected you in your in your adult career.
7: It was great to watch. I, I you know I watched him carry himself with dignity and uh, integrity and honesty, and I watched him also the way he dealt with people, uh, very similar to what Michelle said earlier about the importance of you can learn something from everybody and the importance of treating everybody with respect, not just upward, and not just your senior, most senior directors, but anybody, from the janitor to the administrator to whoever it is, you can learn something Mm -hmm. from everybody, and everybody needs to be treated that way. Les?
2: What was the thing that, that you had shared with us about when you get in trouble, what do you do that you actually bring forward
7: now? Immediately, immediately, if you make a mistake or you do something wrong, just admit it uh candor honesty and don't try to to hide things and just tell the truth if mm-hmm. you screw up something to say i'm sorry i made a mistake uh, and then so you, you don't keep that stuff right secret me. from anyone never the worst thing you can do is it just compounds it uh, mm-hmm. it's sort of like somebody tells a lie then they tell another lie and they keep telling it you make a mistake somebody mm-hmm. tries to fix it next thing you know you got five mistakes but what was the advice he gave you because you shared something
2: about him actually saying you get in trouble you call
7: yes uh he my father told me once he said look if you really screw up or you go out and you drive or you drink or you do something that we shouldn't all do. He said, just call me anytime. I won't ask any questions. I'll come pick you up and uh, that'll be it. No more questions. So how do you use that now? So now what I do is I be very careful. If the messenger brings me something or somebody comes and tells me bad news, it's not that person's problem. It's not, I can't never beat up the person who's telling you Mm -hmm. that. Always listen to them and try to understand and be very patient as you hear the problem through. Mr. Tidwell.
4: Uh, Yeah, but you talk about uh, the responsibility that comes with being the oldest child. Certainly, there's a great deal of responsibility in your various CEO positions. But in person, you come across as a guy that's the life of the party, the guy that you want to hear the next joke from. Where does that come from?
7: comes from my days, I think, bartending. <laughs> uh, I, I've always said I learned more. I think I learned more about people bartending than I did in my master's or my PhD program. It was a lot of fun.
0: Huh? What, what, what'd you just learn just bartending? What are you talking about?
7: I, I learned to listen to people. I learned to watch their reactions. I, I, I really learned that you learn a lot more when you listen to people than when uh-huh. you're busy trying to talk to them. Gotcha. The right time. Darren Tully, you have a question there? Mm-hmm. Hey, what is it about stepping into the culture of an established company like now
8: or the other times that you've done this that has really challenged you to grow or adapt as a leader
0: oh what an excellent question it's, yeah.
7: it's all about the people and every person is different and so you have to you have to treat everybody with respect but you have to listen to them and then you have to really understand that they're all individuals and you have to go into each organization is not just the same what worked in one organization may not mm. be the solution in the next excellent organization. mark
5: is there some iconic event uh, growing up that you use as a sort of touchstone in your business? That you think about all the time.
7: Hmm. I th- think hmm. about my selling of my uh, flowers, and uh, <laughs> and it doesn't always work out right. But after that, didn't work out so well. I went and uh, got a paper route, uh, which was a lot less safe, and no poison ivy in that, and uh, was able to uh, so you continue learned, my entrepreneurship. So you learned work. persistence. because yes, I learned experience. the importance of when you fail to get back up again. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. all right, Chelsea.
9: Were you an athlete growing up, and are there any skills or values that you took from being an athlete that you emulate mm-hmm. in your career now?
7: I did, I, I played a lot of sports, and uh, I, I really enjoyed it, but I, um, I, I migrated more to the team sports. I went away from the individual sports to the team sports, and I enjoyed the, the camaraderie and the teamwork and building it with the team.
0: You really enjoyed the camaraderie. I, that, tell, tell us more about that. What do you mean? I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting you, you separated yourself from doing some of the individual stuff like swimming or wrestling.
7: You really enjoyed the team stuff? I enjoyed the team sports. I enjoyed basketball and football and baseball. And what was it sports. about
0: those sports that you
7: enjoyed? What was it? I like the interaction with the people uh i was a swimmer early in my career and uh when i was a young kid and it got awfully boring uh for two hours swimming in the lane by yourself daydreaming and so i enjoyed being on the teams with the folks and interacting
0: it's fascinating i mean you know here you are you're you're the you're the president and ceo of systems planning and analysis which is a 500 person 100 million dollar firm and it's fascinating listening to you talk about your childhood and how you really enjoy
7: team sports and the reason why. Does that, is that true nowadays? It is, we're a services provider, that's what we do. Uh, mm-hmm. We assist people uh, with analytical s- services that then help their decision-making process. And it's, uh, we're only as good as the people we have and we're very fortunate fantastic. that we have just fantastic people.
0: What, what's your website address? SPA.com. SPA.com, we've been speaking with Dr. William Vantine. Vantine Van, Tyn. Van, Tyn? Van Tyn who's the president and CEO of Systems Planning and Analysis here on Executive Leaders Radio. We'll be back in a moment right after this business spotlight. And don't forget to visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com. One help starting, growing, fixing, or exiting your business with the help from this show's CEOs. Our CEOs can help you start, grow, fix, or exit your business because our CEOs have been there and done that, succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. And some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. The same CEOs you've heard on the show for 10 years may be willing to help you start, grow, fix, or exit your business. Because our CEOs have been there and done that, succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. And some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. Get help from CEOs who have walked in your shoes and succeeded. Get help from CEOs who appreciate and understand what you're going through. Email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. And your name is?
5: Chuck Ockletree.
0: And Chuck, what organization are you with?
5: The National Conference Center and West Belmont Place Event Center.
0: Uh Uh-huh. And what makes this organization special?
5: The National Conference Center was built um, to be the nation's premier uh, meeting and event venue. Um, It's not a traditional hotel. Mm -hmm. So even though we have 900 guest rooms and all the services and amenities of a traditional hotel, Mm -hmm. because of our size, Mm -hmm. we're able to uh, deliver um, an environment that is very conducive to uh, learning, development. And who are your clients? Our clients are uh, many of the the Corporate 100, Corporate 500, as well as uh, because of our location in Leesburg, Virginia, Mm -hmm. we do a lot of business with Washington, D.C. government agencies. Mm -hmm. And what do you
0: like about your job?
5: What I like about is is we've had the opportunity to bring new leadership to the National Conference Center, blend with the tremendous service team that's built a reputation over the years uh, for great service. And uh, we've had a lot of fun um, helping our clients take advantage of the 65-acre campus. How about you personally? What, what do
0: you enjoy about your job?
5: I enjoy that, that we've uh, had a very, very very successful turnaround in mm-hmm. uh, the two and a half years, mm-hmm. uh, taking the National Conference Center uh from where it was in 2014 mm-hmm. with Excellent. the new new ownership we've mm-hmm. literally doubled the revenue and what's so. your what's your role in the
0: organization again?
5: Uh my role is chief marketing officer. And what's that mean? It good question. It means that uh, uh we're involved with branding, mm-hmm. uh, everything to do with the sales, the marketing, the promotion and um, the business development so you're uh, actually going purpose. out there
0: and you're actually involved with helping bring in the clients exactly yes and sir. I guess the way you're doing that is you're actually talking to a lot of the clients making sure that you know your services are valuable
5: we talk to a lot of the clients and we do a lot of uh, events what's as well what's the website of the rest of the organization www.conferencecenter.com let me hear that one more time www.conferencecenter.com
0: This has been your Business Spotlight. And your name is? Jeff Lawson. And Jeff, what organization are you with?
4: I'm with Lakota Hotels and Resorts.
0: And what do you guys do? What kind of stuff are you doing that's special?
4: Well, we manage uh, conference centers and hotels, and we're currently managing the National Conference Center in Leesburg, Virginia.
0: National Conference Center. How large or how small is this organization? Um, The
4: conference center itself has 900 rooms in size, 350,000 square feet of meeting space, dining facilities for 850, uh, exercise facility all set on 61 acres of land.
0: Wow, this is a large organization, isn't it? It is, very large. Uh And what's your role in the organization?
4: I'm the general manager and I have oversight of the uh, property and all the hospitality services that occur. Well, what's the general manager supposed to do with this large facility? Make sure I have a, make sure eight executive committee members and a, and a full uh, staff of 210 do their daily jobs. So how many
0: folks do you have running through your halls on a weekly basis or daily basis or annual basis? What's that look like? Well, on a
4: weekly basis, on a full house, we'll have uh, 900 per night, um, seven nights, uh, 6,300, which translates to about 20,000 meals a week.
0: Wow. And uh, your job, are you working 9 to 5, or do you end up having to work evenings and early mornings and weekends and stuff like that?
4: No, I'd say I'm always on duty.
0: Uh-huh. Do you,
4: what, what do you enjoy about your job? Meeting people, working with some of the finest hospitality people in Virginia, which is my team, and meeting our clients. Cause they're wonderful.
0: So you're helping your
4: clients plan their events? Well, we help plan. Uh, they are there for some form of education that goes on at one end of our business, and at the other end of our business, they're there for social catering events, uh, weddings and
0: such. So you're, you're, well, you're running a 24-by-7 facility, aren't you?
4: We are. Uh-huh.
0: What's the website address of this organization?
4: ConferenceCenter.com. Let me have that again. ConferenceCenter.com. And your name again is? Jeff Lawson. And the name of the organization? Lakota
0: Hotels and Resorts. And this has been your Business Spotlight. We're back here listening to Executive Leaders Radio. This is your host, Herb Cohen, with my co-host, Les Smollin-Vistage, William Tidwell-Cressa, Darren Tully Freedom Bank, Chelsea Schott, Cressa, and more I'd like to introduce Edwin, Edwin Miller, who's the founder and CEO of an organization known as Nine Lenses. Edwin, what is Nine Lenses? What do you guys do? Uh, we're a SaaS platform for digital client engagement for consultants. Uh huh. What's that mean? I don't understand all that stuff.
8: Uh, we help consultants scale a relationship in a digital way. With their mm-hmm. clients and speed, time to insight.
0: So you're using the internet to create greater efficiencies. It sounds like you really appreciate efficiencies, don't you? I do. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And where are you from originally? I grew up in uh, o- Overland County, Georgia. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And what did dad What did dad do for a living?
8: Dad uh, was an entrepreneur. He built a uh, beer and liquor
0: store, package store, and a small gas station. Uh huh. And was this in a good neighborhood or a bad neighborhood? there were no neighborhoods uh-huh <laughs> so this was uh rural very uh-huh and uh, how young were you when you started working at the gas station
8: uh, about eight years old
0: and, uh, and tell us a little bit about uh, how that evolved
8: well over time i um probably by the time i was 12 or 13 i was pumping 60,000 gallons of gasoline a month five is tankers is that a lot five tanks down there yes yeah, it it's uh that's a lot of gas H-
0: how were you doing that what was going on
8: um, as fast as I possibly could on a Saturday game day for Georgia, uh, if the traffic came through. We could have ten cars sitting in line. At that time, we had four pumps, so I tried to have four pumps going at once.
0: Uh, that was a lot of hard work. Why were you working that hard? Why didn't you like go play with your friends or something?
7: And dad made day? me work. <laughs>
0: and, uh, it sounds to me like you really that you like working, that you like creating efficiencies, don't you?
8: Yeah, I did. I, I do. I was always there for my dad. We. we uh,
0: I was working. So yep. you enjoyed working. I do. As a kid. What was the next step? What, what happened with the... I understand that something happened with the parking lot at that point. What happened?
8: Yeah, the, my dad's business did well over the years, and uh, he... So asphalt- you, you were
0: pumping four cars at a time, but go ahead, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah.
8: What, what? it didn't help, but we uh, made no money on the gas. So yeah. You made three cents a gallon on the gas. The, the, go, the deal was to get them out of the car to uh-huh. go inside and buy goods that were higher margin. I
0: see, okay. And what, what, do you, what happened with the parking lot?
8: He asphalted the parking lot which and let me put up a basketball hoop.
0: Okay, and then what did you do in terms of inviting other kids around to play, uh, and what happened there?
8: Well, we, um, I got pretty good <clears throat> at basketball. I played a lot of basketball, and um, two things happened. One, at least in the inner city in rural America, everybody wants to beat the other kid. Uh-huh. And so it was pretty much easy to challenge people to come play one-on-one or have, pick up games so up there So you were the pulling
0: the kids from the neighborhood. You are going, you're going around grabbing everybody and organizing in the games, and they wanted to play because you had the hoop around town.
8: I'd like to think it was a neighborhood, but it mm-hmm. wasn't. It mm-hmm. was someone had to have a car. They were mm-hmm. driving by and got dropped off or what, something of the
0: sort. What was your role on the uh, on the basketball team?
8: Uh, growing up, I was a point guard. We won state championships as, uh, when I was a point guard. When I was a shooting guard, unfortunately, we lost.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> what, what's the role of the point guard? What, what, what was your role as the point guard? Find
8: oh. the right person, get them the ball at the right time so they can score in the most effective manner.
0: Uh-huh. What does that have to do with building a successful business uh, like Nine Lenses? Find the right market at, with the right
8: timing, with the right cost of capital, the right efficiencies, with the right touch, with the right volume, and the right margin. It's pretty simple.
0: So you see, you see similarities between, you know, in school, when you were a kid playing basketball, trying to form the right team that would win, and uh, building this current business. Well, why is the name of the company Nine Lenses?
8: Uh, I've, you know, in the past I've run a few companies as a hired gun, a hired CEO um, in the public and private venues, and along the way I never saw, really understood what my talent knew or didn't know, and I think it's kind of a common theme here, what, it's all about the people, somebody knows something you don't know, how do you Grab that data, connect it all. So the nine lenses is a schema I built. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nine lenses, thirty-seven sub-lens, about a thousand themes that mm-hmm. collect data a- against an architecture. Mm-hmm. And what I wanted to be able to do is know who knew most about the sales process, who knew most about the bill of materials, and then aggregate that data for mm-hmm. one dashboard. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: who's got the next question?
2: Yeah, go back and and. and Tell us about mom a little bit. What was uh, mom doing? Mm-hmm. What do you take from her that you mm-hmm. use now?
8: Mm-hmm. Uh, mom's brilliant. I mean, h- very high EQ, um, good complement of IQ, um, mm-hmm. singer, artist. does that have uh, to do in, with
0: building a business, though, having an emotional intelligence? Uh, everything. I've seen the smartest people
8: in the world just uh, miss the entire point of a meeting with a, with a person. So I learned a lot about people from my mom, and I learned a lot about hard work and tenacity from my dad.
0: Wow, and, uh, wow. It's fascinating that you really that you really – picked up that it's all about the people i mean well, you know you're like i'm listening to you're all about strategy and it's like well think i can tell you
8: when you're running a package store in the middle of georgia and you have bars in the window i can tell you that and you have in a given day maybe ten thousand dollars of cash on hand yeah ten thousand dollars is a lot of money where i grew up yeah. so i literally learned to read everything i could tell you if i saw a car four times in one day how many people were in it was it going too fast was it parked too far away wow because then you were going to get robbed
0: so, um, do, do you do you trust people?
8: It, I you, ha- you have to earn the trust. I, I try my best out of the gates.
0: But so not, I'm, not,
8: I'm not the best at that. You can ask me another question that I'm good at. So when you say
0: <laughs> when you say I have to I have to earn your trust, I mean that's over the course of time and responsibility. It's like you're not giving me the keys to the kingdom day one. It's, you're gonna you know, watch. No, I
8: believe that you give everyone the benefit of the doubt um, coming in, but I do believe as an individual over time. You do build credibility by the by your actions so i can tell my wife i love her and i'm faithful all of my life and if i'm not I, she shouldn't trust me right right I mean, it's, it, it's gonna add up so gotcha. let's, let's go back to that trust thing people
2: in the companies that you've run give you money their money perhaps and other investors money they have to trust you so what do they see in you that allows them to trust you
8: mm-hmm. uh, i tell them the truth um, i'm to the point of what it is um i try to get to what is it that we're dealing with frame that uh, opportunity, not the problem, but the opportunity around it and the problems that might hold that back later and then what that cost of capital might be. And we've been pretty good at it and I, I agree with some. So them. when
0: there's a problem, you're not hiding it from the investors. I mean, I read the newspapers and it's like, all oh, this litigation, but you don't believe in that. You're going to tell somebody if there's a problem coming down the pike or if there's one that you weren't anticipating? Yeah, the only
8: time I've been fired in my my career as a CEO is I, I told them the the truth.
0: Wow. Okay, who's got the next question here? So who who told you about truth
2: was important where did you learn that lesson growing up
0: oh well I mean you
8: and our in our, where I grew up there was no lying about you didn't have anything so I mean we caught water when it
7: rained um, mm-hmm. so
8: the, the truth is you have to
7: deal with it and then what do you how do you make it better got you William so. Edwin you've been the CEO of uh, many companies and a very distinguished career what was the first job you had uh, coming out of uh, school mm-hmm. uh, coming out of college and, and what did it teach you Uh, undergraduate I was uh, I joined the
8: internet 93 and I was a sales guy Um, so um, quickly became I produced as much as the entire sales group did um, and grew in the ranks there but left sales quickly to be a technical people on the technical side Um, and then later finance but that's where I started my career I think it um,
0: earlier Mark asked you if you have any other business ideas or if you had any business ideas earlier in the game and uh, what was your answer to that
8: yeah, unfortunately, I have a lot of business
0: ideas. Uh huh. You saw some stuff happen in the past. Tell us a little something about some of the ideas you had in the past that uh, sort of came to fruition.
8: Uh well, early '90s, I th- I knew that the internet would turn every every market upside down, and I remember pitching um, my CEO, which he threw me out of his office. Great, great guy. I get a lot of them now, but I said, mm-hmm. hey, refrigerators are connected to the circuits. Yes. Okay. Great. Circuits should be able to carry. They carry data. Great. Can we put packets of our data, IP packets on that, and and replenish refrigerators without going to the market? And you saw this how many years ago? Threw me out of the office. Uh, (laughs) uh, That was 94.
0: So so you're the kind of guy that gets visions, but you also really appreciate that it's about the people, because otherwise the visions ain't going to come true. Yeah, nothing happens without people. Uh-huh. Who's got the next question here, William?
8: So, Edwin, you, we know that
4: you're also a, a published author. Where did that desire to teach come from, and how does that apply to
8: how you interact with your employees?
7: Yeah.
8: Um, well, I've I i probably, I've got four more books prop, pr- in pretty good shape that I could publish, so I just write a lot. Um, I studied an undergrad, I studied business a school, German and French, um, and so I've always been, always trying to connect Anything I possibly could, and I find that writing helps me connect thoughts. Um,
0: Writing helps you connect thoughts. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. Mm
8: -hmm. Well, I mean, I think if you can, it's one thing to talk about something; it's another thing to to spend the time to to write it um, in a place where someone could consume it and read it and walk away understanding something. Mm -hmm. And so, the uh, I do believe that in that discipline of 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 writing, I still write notes a lot. I've used Evernote. I'm a geek when I in typing and whatnot. But I think writing helps connect brain to what you heard and mm-hmm. interpret it a little bit better mm-hmm. so
0: uh-huh interesting next question yes Derek.
8: Yeah, going back to your basketball days your laser focus and hard work really paid off right you got a scholarship to college moved up here uh to virginia do you ever wonder what your life would be like now if you hadn't gotten that scholarship yeah i'd be back in Georgia with my family um we wouldn't be pumping gas because they don't have the gas station anymore but i think if i have been there we'd have probably taken over the county
0: So what was the turning point in your life? I mean, I'm not calling. Give me that clarity again. I mean, I, I. So I understand you grew up in rural Georgia. You were pumping gas. I understand like you're like this really driven, successful entrepreneur who really appreciates people. What was the turning point in your life?
8: I got recruited in, in one way to, to go play basketball at a school in, in uh, a Christian school in um, Ogilf- in, out in Clark County, which is mm-hmm. where the University of Georgia is. Yeah. And I played basketball there and did well. We won states and I got recruited to go play college ball.
0: Wow. So that helped that helped expose you and turn your life around. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Wow. What's the what's the website address of this organization known as Nine Lenses? It's ninelenses.com. ninelenses.com. We've been speaking with Edwin Miller, who's the founder and CEO of Nine Lenses here on Executive Leaders Radio. Don't forget to visit our website. It's executiveleadersradio.com, executiveleadersradio.com to learn more about our executive leaders. And we will be back in a moment right after this business spotlight. Your name is? Brendan Herbert. And the name of the organization?
10: Infinity Wellness Partners. And what
0: is Infinity Wellness Partners?
10: We're a corporate wellness provider based here in Washington, D.C. And what do you do for your clients? We provide comprehensive wellness programs.
0: And what, what, what do you mean by a comprehensive wellness program?
10: So everything uh, on-site and online, we bring activity classes, workshops, staff-wide challenges, and health coaching are four major aspects.
0: So your clients are the corporations that bring you in to provide these wellness programs for their employees. Absolutely. Do they get a return on their investment?
10: Uh, they sure do. Between three and five dollars over a five-year period for comprehensive programs. And
0: how would they get that return on investment? What's that made up of?
10: Uh, well, our programs are made up of, like I've mentioned before, you know, everything from one-on-one coaching and different levels of engagement to. Uh, staff-wide you know, walking challenges or weight loss challenges.
0: And the benefit to the company is that they've got healthier and happier employees that stick around longer?
10: Absolutely. More loyalty, less absenteeism, more productivity, um, you name it, all the benefits, all the value.
0: How long have you been doing
10: this? Uh, six years.
0: And what do you enjoy about this?
10: Um, I enjoy the one-on-one contact. I originally started as a one-on-one health coach and prov- now... I'm able to touch many more lives through our corporate programs. What, what do you mean a
0: one-on-one health coach? What's a one-on-one health coach do? Uh,
10: helping with behavior change, um, looking at all aspects of life to, to try to help with their So if I've got wellness. some
0: personal issues going on, like I like to lose weight <laughs> or whatever it might be, you would be talking to me about that stuff?
10: I'd probably recommend you to one of our teammates, Huh? one of our team members.
0: That's sort of interesting, that's really neat. What, what's the What's the name of this organization again?
10: Infinity Wellness Partners. What's your
0: website address?
10: Uh, it's infinitywellnesspartners.com.
0: Let me have that one more time.
10: Infinitywellnesspartners.com.
0: And this has been your business spotlight. And your name is? Karen Roach. And Karen, what organization are you with?
9: I'm with Caliber CPA Group, I'm a partner with Caliber.
0: Uh, Caliber CPA Group, so what, what does Caliber CPA Group do? What are you guys doing?
9: We are a full service accounting public accounting firm, um, mm. about 150 professionals,
0: mm-hmm. and our
9: um, industry um, expertise are in the areas of uh, nonprofit organizations, labor organizations, employee benefit uh, funds, um, charities, and associations, and other non-for-profits.
0: Hmm. Do you do general businesses as well?
9: We do some uh, general business work, some mm-hmm. commercial work, mm-hmm. mostly nonprofits, though
0: and uh, you're a partner in the firm. Yes, so I,
9: um, I head up our um, accounting and financial services department. Huh. Um, so we're a little bit different. Um, our practice is uh, traditional accounting so we have audit tax um, and then the department that I head up um, we actually um, serve as controllers, CFOs, um, accountants, uh, accounting managers, bookkeepers for our clients. We, uh, we actually roll up our sleeves Um, and get involved. um, So as
0: opposed to an outside accounting firm, it sounds like you're serving some of the functions that I would normally have a bookkeeper or a controller or my CFO do. You're actually serving those roles. Exactly. Huh, that's pretty unconventional. And you're a partner in the firm. I am. Uh huh. Why do you like being a partner in the firm?
9: Um, I work with a lot of great, very talented um, individuals. The other partners are very supportive. Um, We really take a team approach. We we utilize everyone's expertise and experience, and um, and hmm. really pitch in to help you our clients. We take a team basically. approach.
0: So if a client's got a problem, you're able to help the client. You're able to go into the organization and find the right people to help out.
9: Exactly. We we take pride in the fact that we don't just um, identify problems; we help Very them cool. solve.
0: What's the website address for the organization?
9: CaliberCPA.com.
0: Let me have that one more time.
9: CaliberCPA.com. This
0: has been your business spotlight. One help building your business with help from the show's CEOs. Our CEOs can help you uncover more opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues because our CEOs have been there and done that, succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars, and some are available to advise you. Now, email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. The same CEOs you've heard on the show for 10 years may be willing to help you build your business, uncover new opportunities, grow your sales, connect you, help you raise money, all the big issues, because our CEOs have been there and done that, succeeding in creating millions of jobs and earning millions of dollars. Some of the CEOs who have appeared on our shows over the last 10 years may be willing to help you grow. Assuming you've ser- you're serious about your success, serious about your own success, because it all starts with the leader. If you're serious about creating your own successful business or truly committed to putting your nose to the grindstone and doing whatever it takes to make your business successful, we may be able to match you with successful CEOs who have created millions of jobs and earned millions of dollars to help you create your success. We've established unique relationships with the unique universe of over 7,000 CEOs who have created substantial wealth for their companies, their teams, and themselves. These women and men get the build in their blood and often continue to start and build businesses even after they've created substantial wealth for themselves because they love the challenge of building a business. Perhaps we can present you and your business to some of these CEOs to gain their interest in helping you. Now email mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. That's mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. To hopefully match you with some of the CEOs we've had on the show for the last 10 years. Mentors at executiveleadersradio.com. We're back, you're listening to Executive Leaders Radio. We'd like to introduce Carol Stobie, who's president of Red Team Consulting. Carol, what is Red Team Consulting?
11: Red Team Consulting is a proposal, capture, and pricing consulting firm to government contractors.
0: So you help government contractors do
11: what kind of stuff? We help them um, pursue, strategize, Uh, write and turn in uh, proposals for Mm -hmm. government contracts.
0: And how did you get a job with this
11: company? I founded the company.
0: You founded the company. How old were you when you founded this company?
11: I was 36.
0: 36 years old. And uh, where are you from originally?
11: Well, I'm an army brat. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was actually born at Fort Belvoir. Uh uh, Moved around quite a bit. How many Um, different
0: schools did you go to prior to graduating high school? uh,
11: Eight schools. Seven of those Mm -hmm. were before 6th grade.
0: What what did that do to you? I mean, that must be pretty tough moving around with a younger brother seven of them before six I mean what, what did that go back to that I mean that was been pretty tough
11: it was hard you you learned to meet people quickly and and unfortunately you, you kind of didn't get too attached because you knew you would be moving soon um, but you learned to read people and, and quickly become friends
0: uh, what's that have to do with building your own business
11: well You know, I, I know that in what we do with consulting, it's important to be able to go in and understand our clients and understand Mm -hmm. their needs, their personalities, their cultures, Mm -hmm. and adapt quickly to them so that you become part of their team.
0: Ah, I understand. And tell me about um, when you were a kid, Was it, did you play sports? What kind of activities did you do when you were a kid?
11: I was mostly into music. Um, I loved to sing. I was in a show choir. Um, we performed singing and things like that.
0: Tell us about your personality traits in the midst of the singing. And what, what did this bring out in you?
11: Well, I tend to be someone who's a little bit shy. And singing and you know, getting on stage and performing forces you to come out of your shell. Um, it forces you to... to be confident.
0: did that have anything to do with your being able to start this business?
11: I I do. I I think it, I think it did. It, it was definitely a a leap of faith. Um, and it was something that I was certainly nervous about. I'd had a very long career at one company for 15 years. And so it really was, you know, forced me to look at my skills and tell myself I could do it.
0: Uh, did you, you told us that the, the singing got a little competitive. Tell us a little bit about that
11: it is competitive you are constantly wanting to be um, you know the best um, in your singing part um, mm-hmm. you are competing for positions in all county chorus, all regional all state mm-hmm. um, so it's definitely it's it's competitive
0: so this competition you so you got this competitive spirit I mean it, it, where'd the venture capital come from to start this business
11: I started it on my own we've actually had no funding from anyone
0: so you you put your own money up for this yes uh uh-huh. Were you married at that time?
11: I was married, uh-huh. um, yes, to an individual then, yes. Uh-huh.
0: And uh, you talked to him about this, and he, did, he, did he support you on doing this?
11: Absolutely. Um, it was something we had actually talked about. It had sort of been a dream of ours. And when I got in a position in my career where I was that I felt like I wasn't being challenged, mm-hmm. and I wasn't learning more, um, that's when we decided that um, it Wait made sense.
0: Some people would call that safe where they're able to earn an income and they don't have to worry about how to earn the income, but not you?
11: No, safe Safe is not exciting. Safe, uh-huh. yeah, safe can be boring. And there's nothing wrong with safe, but uh-huh. if you're really gonna grow, sometimes you do have to step out on a ledge.
0: So you're not one to uh, accept the status quo? No, uh-huh. no, not
11: at all. We at work even we are constantly looking at different problems we face and determining you know I know we've done this this way for many years but isn't there a better way to do it.
0: So you're always looking at a better way of doing things. Yes. Uh Uh-huh.
2: Are you, uh, Les? Yeah it sounds a little bit like a committee to me because you described yourself earlier as being kind of like a rule follower and at the same time here you are talking about stepping out on ledges and challenging yourself how does that how does that work for you and apply in terms of How you lead today. Yeah.
11: Well, there's certainly a set of rules that you always must follow. And we've talked about integrity on this and honesty. And that's, of course, a set of rules that has to always be there. But every situation is also going to have its own separate set of rules. And I think you go in and you examine a business and the players that are there and you understand what their rules are for that situation. So it's adapting that chameleon nature to, to fit within the organization that you're supporting.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Um, so have you ever turned down a client?
11: Yes, we have.
0: Why would you do that?
11: Well, we've turned down clients when we have felt that they wanted to pursue an opportunity that they just really did not have a chance to win. Mm-hmm. And well,
0: wait, 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 wait. That's why they're coming to you. Why don't you just take their money?
11: Because that's not the right thing
0: to do. Yeah, and but you could make money.
11: But we would be taking their money, and they're not going to be happy. We actually, many times, will tell clients not to pursue something um, and let us help them figure out something that they would be better suited for. And we usually do that on our dime. Um, But we do that because it's the right thing to do. So clients
0: are coming to you, and sometimes you're telling them, we don't want your money. And, in fact, what we can try to do on our dime is try to figure out how we can help you. Yes. What's that end up doing to your relationships? I can understand in short term it doesn't hurt the ca- it doesn't help the cash flow. What's that do long term though?
11: Long term, it builds fantastically strong relationships. Um, what we find is that long term, these clients that we turn away, they come back to us. Um, whether they have identified something on their own or they have had us find it for them, they come back to us because they appreciate our honesty.
0: Hmm. But in the meantime, there's there's some suffering with the cash flow because they were willing to write a check to you, and you got to pay. You have to meet payroll each week, and maybe you lost another client, or may, so. But you've managed. You bite the bullet for the short term in order to help with the long term.
11: Absolutely. I mean, your 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 company's integrity, your personal integrity, far outweighs the short term gain of taking someone's money. Uh,
0: I just wanted to know uh, what the answer was there. Yeah. Who's got the next question?
11: Yes.
6: What was your biggest challenge in starting your business?
11: Um, I think my biggest challenge was understanding the business side of it. Um, In what we do with proposals um, and capture work, I was very well-versed in how to do that. I had done that for a number of years, but I had never run a company myself. So the challenge is finding people who will advise you and, and give you the right guidance as to what you need to do.
2: Where did the confidence come for doing it?
11: Oh, that's a good question. Um, probably from supporting people I had around me. Uh, my husband at the time, my family, um, and then internal as well.
0: Excellent. What, what's the website address, the disorganization? Uh, known as Red Team Consulting.
11: It's redteamconsulting.com. Excellent.
0: We've been speaking with Carol Stoby, president of Red Team Consulting here on Executive Leaders Radio. Uh, Les, can you give us a rundown on who we've had the opportunity of speaking with today?
2: Sure. Michelle Bolo, CEO, NT Concepts. Uh, Dr. Bill Van Tyne, president and CEO, systems planning and analysis. Edwin Miller, founder and CEO Nine Lenses, and Carol Stovey, President, Red Team Consulting.
0: Excellent. I'd like to thank my co-host, Les Small and Vistage, William Tidwell Cressa, Darren Tully, Freedom Bank. Chelsea Schott, Cressa and Mark Hoss for giving me a hand, structuring the questions. Hope you're providing our listening audience an educational and entertaining show. I'd like to thank our listening audience for listening. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a radio show. Don't forget to visit our website, executiveleadersradio.com. To learn more about our executive leaders. It's executiveleadersradio.com. To learn more about our executive leaders. And the website address for Freedom Bank is? FreedomBankVA.com. FreedomBankVA.com. Thank you for joining us today, and have a nice day. Bye-bye.